0: All right. Some good news in the Arizona economy. I, I preached about this earlier this morning. and I want to do it again. Intentional growth has worked in Arizona. Phoenix metro economy among most resilient nationwide amid pandemic. According to a report, this story um, is from the Business Journal. Uh, it is great news for us here and how we balance our economy and how we continue to grow and what we do for people in the future. Um, I think maybe many of you are like me. As you get a little bit older, you start to think about legacy, and, and I think more about my legacy now, and obviously not publicly. Uh, it, it's, it's one of the things I like about this business is there's no legacy, You're, and it's nice. I love what I do, but when I'm done, I want to be done. My legacy is going to be the people that I love, my family members, my grandchildren, but also as a citizen – what are we doing when we were handed this mantle? Does that make sense? I don't know if any of you think of it that way. But um, when I – moved to Arizona 28 years ago I had fallen in love with Arizona year a few years before but when I embraced it as home I thought you know every we want to make a difference it's one thing you want to make money you want to buy a house you want to have a nice life all that's good but at some point you start thinking about what am I doing for the people around me what am I doing is there one person I can help I've got grandkids what am I doing so that they have opportunities what am I doing to make sure that I'm leaving it better for them than I found it and uh, that that has become an issue. Uh, When we saw the holes in our economy when the market crashed in 08 and 09, it was a big deal. And there has been a concerted effort by many, many people to diversify this economy, and we are reaping the benefits of it now. Here is another story uh, from Axios, how Phoenix became the semiconductor desert. Arizona has a high rate of people leaving their jobs according to analysis. Great message from a listener earlier today said that you don 't quit your job you quit your manager and in many cases that that is sometimes you 're moving on to something better, but in many cases it, it, it is that you don 't like who you work for the person that you 're working for either rubs you the wrong way or doesn 't treat you fairly they don 't uh, uh, they don 't necessarily admire you or respect what you do um, 37 Arizona companies on Inc. on that ranking. They are the fastest growing companies in the Southwest. That These are all really good things for the future of Arizona. And as we watch inflation still ravage Arizona and the rest of the country, there are things that need to be fixed. But the economic prospect for Arizona still remains very strong. And I think that's one of the things we should be most happy about, that we are seeing we are in an area now for us personally. For me, I'm working. I plan on working at least another 10 years, um, 15 maybe. It depends. I just don't know. But I like what I do. And I want as long as they'll have me, I want to keep doing this. Um but I don't – I'm in no hurry to retire. Um, but we also understand that we have to build an economy and open the door for younger people. We've got young people now that are going through school. Many of them are going to get jobs. Some of them will go on to higher education and then into jobs and careers. And, and so what are we doing to make sure those doors remain open? The, what's happened in this generation – of leadership, where we have diversified this economy, we have brought industry into Arizona. We have welcomed them here. We are watching the brand new booming industry, and we—I talk often. This chip industry is is huge, but one of the other things that's going to be happening here in in Arizona, I believe, is the film industry is going to expand. And, and I know that doesn't sound like a big deal to a lot of you, but when we see how much money is in that industry, when there are so many young people, when we have people that are going through the Cronkite School here, and and journalism, and many of them want to go into film or want to go in. They want to go to a film school. And there's some great ones here as well um, that when they there are different avenues to pursue that creative release. And uh, I think that we have such beautiful geography here in Arizona and we lose out to other places because of the way we tax things and what we do. But incentives being put in place. So that that industry can expand here. And it's not just coming here and filming for a few days and leaving. If the industry takes a foothold where people, young people going into these careers are not having to go to Hollywood or go to other places, that there is going to be a flourishing industry here in Arizona where you can do pre-production and post-production work and all of the things that go into making great films and how the industry has been changing. And and I, I just think that those kinds of attractions of different industries shows the diversity of an economy. And I think diversity of an economy. If you know, I'm not a financial advisor, but when you talk to someone that is an expert, they will tell you that diversifying your portfolio is necessary because if you're in one area and it takes a hit, everything you have takes a hit. But when you diversify, you have a better chance of lessening any severity in a in a crash. But you also have ways now to accentuate one area while another area is suffering. And, and Arizona is just in a great place. I love what our economy is doing. I I love the direction that we've been taking. And when you look at um, what's going to happen next, when you see people, first of all, let's go with quitting jobs. Um, People make fun of their boss. I joke about my bosses all the time. We crack jokes in-house. I'll say them on the air. I don't care. If it's funny, I'll say it. Um, But when you have, when you are working for someone in an environment that isn't good for you... Finding a way out it isn't about the money anymore. It's about being happy. It's about being um, valued. I, it's like any relationship. You want to be valued. And so I think employers are starting to get – uh, the message on this, and many of them are good at it to begin with. I, I work for very good people. Um, they create a very good environment to work here. It's not just about complimenting you and giving you attaboys. It's about overall experience of working here, the health insurance they provide and financial planning and the things they do to make you feel like a family member, how concerned they genuinely are about you. And there's an environment of that here. But there are a lot of places where they'll give a benefit package, they do what they're doing, but as far as their one-on-one, um, their ability to to relate to an employee or somebody that works for them or with them, whatever. Good leaders make you feel like you're working with them, not for them. And there are going to be with the job market the way it is in Arizona right now and young people having the ability to change jobs or careers and move on and not be concerned about it. We are going to have to start having people or they are going to have to start having people that are good relators. Not just good payers, but people that relate to employees. And it's not about coddling someone because, listen, when a conversation has to be had, when you need to be called out on the carpet, we expect we're going to be. But it's the way things are handled and the way you feel overall and the way you've been respected. And I love this story. I love the survey and what it says, not just about the economic uh, part of this, but also about how people feel about who they work for. Um, Coming up in a moment, we do a segment every day at 1120 called Did You Hear This? It's catching you up on the big news stories. It happens next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 923 FM, and the KTAR News app. Time to catch you up on the big headlines and the big news stories. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories.
1: The Yuma Regional Medical Center is $26 million in debt by caring for migrants crossing the southern border. KTR News reporter Taylor Tassler explains exactly how the debt has strained their resources.
0: They can't maybe upgrade their equipment or they can't hire more staff. Um, that's where this money's coming from. So it's directly affecting
1: the hospital and its operations as well. What is the solution to helping the hospital and those seeking
0: care? I think that we've got to get federal involvement uh, at the border. These are the kinds of things that the American people have to know. This has got to not be a partisan issue anymore. This has got to be a safety issue a public safety issue, and now a public health issue, because you're talking about a major medical center in a place that doesn't have a lot of options, $26 million spent, they can't upgrade their equipment, what are the people that live in this part of the state supposed to do? When that message gets out to people, I think that's when changes happen. That's when policy shifts happen in Washington, D.C., and politicians get moving. So I think that's the first thing. But as far as the immediate help for the hospital, will the federal government step up and say, we are responsible, whether we believe our system is working or it isn't, isn't working, We're responsible for a lot of this, and we've got to help offset this cost. I think if Senator Cinema and Senator Kelly lead the charge on that, that might be a step in the right direction. Maricopa County
1: Sheriff Paul Penzone explains one of the major reasons why he wants to screen employees before they enter jail.
0: Fentanyl is unlike any drug we've ever seen before. You know, this isn't the first time drugs have gotten the jail, and it's probably not the first time an employee has tried to bring drugs into the jail. But it is absolutely the first time that we see a drug that has this type of devastation along with it, which means it's not just ingesting and overdosing.
1: It can be just exposure and having a health condition or potentially costing you your life. Will screening employees help prevent contraband from coming in?
0: Yeah, I think what it will do is will help ease the mind of people. Yes, it will be one more level of protection. I don't think that the overwhelming part of this problem, the majority of this, problem happens because of employees at the jail but when you have a drug this serious and one interaction with this drug one coming one time you come in contact with it could cost you your life once is too often so to send a message to future employees and to other people that this won't be tolerated and we're taking this drug so seriously that we're even going to measures like this i think goes a long way to uh, easing the minds of people and will stop some of the people even trying it You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time to catch you up on the big headlines.
1: It has been snowmageddon this winter, and Arizona State Climatologist explains just how important this is for the state.
0: Having a big snowfall, like getting two inches up in Flagstaff and even more over in Rim Country, that's what we really want, because it's the water from snowmelt that fills up our reservoirs.
1: Does this buy the state some time in dealing with the water crisis?
0: I think it's great news. It's hard to to say it's anything but great news long-term for Arizona, feeling for the the people that are trapped on the freeways with road closures that continue. It's tough. It's a tough time. But the overwhelming amount of snow that has happened, the records that have been set or been close to being set, is is going to give a reprieve at a time when we are trying to figure out, is it going to be desalination? Is it going to be that we are going to pipe water from the Mississippi River or the Missouri River Deltas? What are we going to do about our long-term needs in the desert southwest, specifically Arizona? Um, we've done a very good job of, of capturing and storing Bring that water. California needs to catch up, but Arizona, this is one of those areas of reprieve. We can take a deep breath, not give up the cause, but take a deep breath as we move forward.
1: The NFL Players Association released the results of an anonymous survey asking players for input on their teams, and the Arizona Cardinals ranked 31st out of 32 teams. Arizona Sports Dan Bickley shared his thoughts on the failing grades.
0: I think that this is a, another embarrassing perceptual slap in the face for the team. I, I think it's another reminder to Michael Bidwill that you need to focus on this football team and spend money on this team and and get out of the Super Bowl uh, business for a while. Could this report card det- her potential free agents? Yeah, I think it could. Uh, I think Michael Bidwill has built a reputation around the league, though, personally, with the years he's been in charge of the team. His father, when he was in charge, had a different reputation, ran it a different way. Uh, Michael Bidwill has, <clears throat> has shown his willingness to make sure that this is a top-notch organization. He did so, if you look at the success they had after the stadium was built, that there was a successful run of playoff teams and challengers for the Super Bowl, and they went to a Super Bowl, which they lost on under- an amazing play by the Pittsburgh Steelers or else they would have been Super Bowl champions, Um, that there is a history, recent history of Cardinal excellence. What got them off track, I don't know. Um, But when you have existing players, because they talk to each other, when you try to entice free agents to come to where you are, it's one phone call that when Cardinal players make say, hey, why don't you come and play with us, it's different when they're calling their friends and saying, what happens and how do I get out of here? It does make a difference. We're talking millions of dollars in salaries we'll go back to the old thing we talked about a few moments ago do you feel feel valued by the organization in which you play for or you work for and in this case it's football it's a game they make millions of dollars there's many people out there to say shut up and do your job that's easy to say when you've got other people being enticed by much better facilities it's time i think for the cardinals to rethink things All right. That's did you hear this? Great job, Julia, as well. We'll do it again tomorrow for the final time this week. What we're going to do coming up in a moment is let you hear a little bit more of my interview with Taylor Tassler. Taylor is one of the great reporters here at KTAR News. She had a long form interview with the head of the Yuma Regional Medical Center. And this is a big deal in southern Arizona. Uh, Forget the partisan politics of the border issue. This is about real lives. This is about the people and their health care in the southern part of Arizona and what's been happening. So we're going to get to this. You'll hear more of what she has had to say in her conversation next. values and strong opinions the mike broomhead show ktar news 92 3 fm and the ktar news app you know most pet owners think their pet is the most cute pet on the entire planet and if you have a pet and you'd like to send a photo and possibly win a 100 hundred dollar gift card we would love to see the photos of your beautiful pet right now you just go to the contest page at ktar.com submit your photo and a chance to win it's kind of a cool little program we're running um I talked with Taylor Tassler this morning, and uh, uh, one of the reasons why I love our news team is having the availability of these great journalists at, at, right here at our disposal. There is a story that is pretty compre- – I wouldn't say pretty. It is very comprehensive, and it's at KTAR.com, and it's Arizona Hospital out more than $26 million after providing medical care to migrant patients. Um, Robert Trenchell, uh, the president and CEO of the Yuma Regional Medical Center, said it's critical that his hospital find a payer source for the migrants needing medical care because it has climbed to 26 million. We now know that Title 42 will be ending. Um, you know, I, this is where the disagreement in policies have to come from a place of a genuine concern. I, you know, I, I can't just be a naysayer against somebody because they're in the opposite political party. If I have a genuine conflict of interest, if I think it's the wrong thing, because I want, to, if I'm proven right that it's the wrong thing, that you will consider that and say we were doing the best we could, but it's not working. We're going to do something else. I mean, that's just ideally doesn't work that way, but that's the way it's supposed to work. So here is my concern, and let me tell you exactly how it plays into this expense. Um, I have had a couple of disagreements with the policy shift of our governor. Um one of them is going out and publicly saying we are going to continue to bus and fly migrants out of Arizona, but we are doing it in a more humane way. We are asking people when they come here, where do you need to go? And then we're flying them or bussing them to the places where they need to go at the expense of the taxpayer. Now, it isn't the expense because we have you know, I wasn't complaining about the expense when we were bussing them to New York City. Um It's because when word gets out to the migrant community and to the uh, cartels that when you come to Arizona, you can name your destination and they're going to send you there. Now, most of you know that there's a system in place right now where a bus six days a week, there's a bus or two or buses that go to the 44th Street and Washington Station of the Sky Train. The Sky Train is that train that goes around the airport. And it's right next to the light rail. It's just, it's just south of the light rail stop at 44th and Washington. And every day those buses are there. They get on the SkyTrain. They go into the terminals, whether it's Terminal 3 or 4. They go into the terminals, and they buy a plane ticket. And sometimes the ticket is provided for them by a nonprofit. Sometimes it's money they have. And then they wait their turn for however long it is for their flights to leave. And this happens six days a week, every week, all year long at Sky Harbor Airport. But if the shift is happening where we are footing the bill and we are telling people that are coming here, we are now going to be a destination for my— Migrants. Secondly, uh, the idea that we are telling the drug cartels that we are going to be getting rid of, at least in the way it exists now, the border strike force, is sending a message that law enforcement will be diminished at these places, which is another avenue for these drugs, methamphetamines especially, and fentanyl to be brought into this country. So in those two cases, let's just talk about Yuma alone. In those two cases, we are going to see an uptick in people coming. Uh, the big, uh, I want you to hear from, this is Taylor Tassler talking about one of the big areas, one of the biggest areas of expense is in prenatal care because many of these women are coming here pregnant and have had no prenatal care. I talked to the CEO and president of the Yuma Regional Medical Center. Um, his name is Dr. Robert Trenchell. And he told me that a majority of the patients that are coming into the hospital, they're pregnant. and he tells me that they have no prenatal care and so when the babies are born the babies are born very ill and they are required to stay in you know the icu or stay in the hospital for an extended period of time which and it's not a very big hospital Yuma's not a huge area so it's taking up space that they need So, again, this is a federal issue. The border security issue is a federal issue, and we know that the federal government is not doing their job. Um, But we are now seeing a $26 million expense that they expect to grow. So now we've got three things that I believe are going to affect this. One is Title 42 is ending. We're going to see an uptick in migration because of that. Number two is a policy of our governor saying we will bus you or fly you wherever you want to go. I think we're going to see people directed to Arizona or coming specifically through Arizona for that. That purpose and thirdly, if we truly are going to get rid of the border strike force as we know it, at least in the short term, unless there is a law enforcement plan that is better adapt is better uh, and more adept at going after the drugs as they cross the border, many of them coming from the port of entry. But if there is no law enforcement, what stops that from the free? We know about the massive overdose potential of a fentanyl contact, whether you're taking the drug or coming in contact with it. So we are going to see, in on my estimation. I think we're going to see an uptick in people and uptick in people coming across also means an uptick in the need for medical care. And so what the, the fallout of all of this is that they cannot provide the care, the optimum level of care for people in uh, Yuma, people that live in the region. And the federal government right now, is, as uh, as Taylor said to me in studio this morning, um, the this CEO said they're listening. Everybody's willing to sympathize and everybody understands. But so far, there is no financial relief, which means they can't buy equipment they need. They can't upgrade their services. They can't do a better job of serving the community around them. And that, to me, is part of the frustration because it's not about lack of empathy, The American people have shown that we are very empathetic, that we are very concerned about the well-being of other people. Where I think there is an issue for many of us is that we cannot sacrifice the care of our own children to provide optimum care for your children. And if the federal government is forcing that upon us, the federal government should in, should take that cost. Now, as an American taxpayer, we are still all paying it. It's still coming out of your tax dollars and mine. It's not solving that problem. But the nation is facing this issue, and part of the national issue on this is the fact that we are not – we are not securing our border. Um, that, again, that three-legged stool. There's border security. There's commerce and trade. And there is immigration. All three of these are intertwined in this problem. The commerce and trade part of it, we are overwhelming them financially. The immigration part of it is people cross our border and are demanding asylum claims that are going through our medical system and that are being busted, and flown somewhere else where there is no necess- – you can't find them and get uh, relief for their medical care. That's the immigration piece of that. The commerce and trade – And the border security part, I mean, all three of them are being strained here in this situation. And I think it's only going to get worse when Title 42 expires. So there needs to be an effort from you, the voter, all of us. And I would say to you, and I I mean this with all due respect, if you're a Democrat, if you are someone that has the ear of the governor or the ear of your party and the president of the United States, they're not going to listen to me. No, I think they should. Republicans don't listen to Democrats. You're not voting for them anyway. They're going to go to the potential voters they have that will get them elected or reelected. The same thing happens here, but it's going to take a large number of left-leaning independents and Democrats that say to the leaders in the Democratic Party, this is untenable, that what's happening in Yuma should not be a partisan issue, and you have to get people off our backs because we're defending you, and you have to fix this. I think that's the, the fastest pathway to getting this repaired. There are certain issues where it's the other way around, where when the Republicans are in leadership, it's other Republicans have to stand up and say this has got to be changed because that's when leadership changes things knowing they're not going to get reelected if they don't listen to what people are saying. Before we close it out, we're going to talk about the miracle that is happening with the weather around us. All that's coming up here in just one moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. If you are new to Arizona, you may have the same sense of of wonder that I do about weather because Arizona freaks out about weather. Um, I grew up in a place in the country where we got 20, 30 inches of rain in August. It was just an inch or two every day. It was not an uncommon thing in the afternoons. It rained like crazy for 30 minutes, and it was over. The humidity came back. So did the mosquitoes. Just the way I grew up. And so when I came to Arizona, the first time I came here, I believe it was in 1992, um, as we were landing at Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport, the pilot comes on. They always do to give you a weather update, and they said, um, you know, here's the temperature, and it's raining in Phoenix. And everybody on the plane began to applaud, and I thought, you applaud for rain. How weird. Um, And then he said there was like an inch and a half of rain or two inches of rain on the ground, and people began to freak out out and i thought an inch or two of rain what in the world are you freaking out about i had no idea what happens to the washes and what happens around here with that much rain so if you're new to arizona welcome to the place where we freak out about and i'm one of them now i love this here's a headline weather chaos brings enough snow to fill the verde river reservoirs easing drought conditions this is great news um there has been a record number of uh, of inches of snow, almost 147 inches of snow, between last July and Wednesday. Um, we have seen some numbers of levels of snow that's a- a- across the state of Arizona that's absolutely incredible at record levels or close to record levels. And as the experts will tell you, that when it comes to our weather in Arizona, when it comes to this extreme drought we've been suffering, that when we have a season where we get most of our rain, we call it the monsoon. When the monsoon happens um, – we're thrilled to see rain. I do, I, I find myself, I've been here 28 years, I still find myself doing what I used to laugh about. I stand at my window and I videotape the rain. And I post it on social media. It's crazy. We just we love to see weather here um, because we don't get it very often. We had a wet monsoon, which was good. And experts were saying, you know, it's fine to have a wet monsoon. But if you want to make a real dent in the drought conditions, you have to have a wet winter. It's snow melting and runoff that fills reservoirs. And that is really what does that. Um, and so uh, this, I'm, this is a climatologist from ASU having a big snowfall like getting two inches up in flagstaff and even more over in rim country that's what we really want because it's the water from snowmelt that fills up our reservoirs so there is an ongoing conversation and i love the conversation because i'm not i'm not on the other side of it completely and what i mean by this is the climate change um argument i have I, I don't doubt for a moment that the climate changes. I have watched um, what climate change looks like. You see it happens throughout our history. If you want to do something fun, if you've never done it before, there's that steamboat, that Dolly steamboat ride up at Canyon Lake when it runs. And it's such an, it's so cool. They take you so close to the cliffs and they take you so close to the ledges. You can see, once in a while, you can see um, bighorn sheep up on the side of these sheer cliffs. and and it, But you can also see the levels of what the earth look like at different levels. It's pretty cool. And so we know that there's been drought, and we know that there have been floods, and we know that these things have happened throughout time. The idea of man-made climate change, to me, is not something I'm a believer in, and you're not going to convince me of it. I've been watching it too much my whole life. Now, here's something I found. I just thought this was funny this morning. Um La Nina returns for the third consecutive winter, driving warmer than average temperatures for the southwest along with the Gulf Coast and eastern seaboard. This was a prediction of October 20th of last year, five months ago. And what they were predicting is that we would have in the southwest – was the wetter than average conditions in Alaska, the Pacific Northwest, the Northern Rockies, the Great Lakes, and the Ohio Valley. Drought conditions. This is their prediction. Widespread extreme drought continues to persist across most of the, most of the west in the Great Basin and the Central to Southern Plains. Drought is expected to impact the middle and lower Mississippi Valley this winter. The drought is, uh, development is expected to occur in the South Central and Southeastern United States, while drought conditions are expected to improve across the Northwestern United States. But they were saying places like Arizona, the desert southwest, we were going to see drier conditions and extreme drought conditions were going to continue. How wrong could they possibly have been? This is why when you tell me I have to alter, and this is now the new push, um, um, that Greta Thunberg just said, we have to alter everything we do. We have to alter the way we live our lives across the planet. Or it's too late. And we've been hearing, I've been hearing that phrase, it's too late, for most of my life. And they've been wrong every time. So, yes, we should conserve. I am not going to uh, – just because we had a great winter doesn't mean that I think we can just forget we've had an issue. We've had a serious issue. Lake Mead at record lows. When you look at what well, Lake Powell, when you look at the reservoirs we have and to see the low conditions of the water, no one wants to see us at those dangerous levels. We continue to grow. We're going to continue to use water. We should continue to conserve and find new ways. But the idea that people are the problem and we are on death's doorstep is not not anything you're ever going to convince me of. And the more I point out how wrong scientists, these are scientists that were trained by the scientists that were wrong 20 years ago, that were trained by the scientists that were wrong 20 years before that. And and I'm sorry, you just are not going to make me change my life because you say you don't like capitalism or industrialism. I just don't like, I don't, I don't buy it. Uh, Anyway, congratulations on the great weather. I'm thrilled about it. Hope you are too. If you're a social media user, I am at Broom. K-T-A-R. It's where you can find me on Twitter, uh, at Broomhead Show, update you on our guests and other things on the show. And if you're an Instagram user, just find me at Mike Broomhead on Instagram. I'd love to keep in touch between shows. We'll be back tomorrow morning beginning at just after 8 o'clock. Until then, have a great day, everyone. God bless.